0: Every week, it's my goal to share financial information that helps you in both your life and financial vineyard. We hope it takes you from your roots to the journey of your vines and the influences in the air that help craft your delicious life. Like wine, life and finances have different pellets that should be celebrated and not judged. Welcome to this edition of Wine and Dime with Amy Irvine and Kate Welker. Hey,
1: Kate, how's it going today? Hi, Amy, it's going pretty well today. It's a nice Western New York day. It's a little dreary, but I'm looking forward to nicer weather coming the rest of the week.
0: Well, we're actually recording at the end of June because I will be on vacation for about 10 days in the month of July. So we're queuing up to get things kind of pre-recorded. As I always like to start the podcast with asking if there's any particular wines that you've learned about recently and would like to share. I'll start by saying that I have this long list of Mid-Willamette Valley uh, wineries that I am looking forward to exploring. One of them, it just it's the name of it. It's called St. Innocent
1: Winery. <laughs> oh, I do love that name. I'm like, who doesn't have to go there? I mean... <laughs> So
0: yeah, so Brett and I are trying to put our list of wineries together so that we can have a great trip as well as many, many hiking trails that we want to hit. But any Anything on your end that stands out that you're thinking about from a summer wine perspective?
1: No, I was uh, our little brief conversation before my, so my friends were talking about the, the going to the lighter side now that the weather's moving, but nothing in particular, but I am really looking forward to hearing, <laughs> I am looking forward to your trip for you. <laughs> and I'm really looking forward to hearing about your adventures and what you find and the little wineries that you, te- you find. I know you find treasures everywhere. So. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, speaking of treasures, July is also the month that we are going to be talking a lot about financial independence. We we really wanted to, because it, it means so much to, to. financial independence is a term that means different things to different people. And as we head into those summer months where we're thinking about traveling and family vacations and you know, going out to Oregon to explore wineries and trails and stuff like that. It's it that to me, you know, rings rings a bell of financial independence. The fact that I feel like I can, you know, do that sort of thing and 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 still pay my bills accordingly, you know? So we thought Kate and I thought the the best way to sort of start this conversation was to define, because there's so much in the news about this right now, but maybe define as a general term of what financial independence you kind of mean. So Kate, I know you you sort of have a general definition that you like to use when people are are talking to you about that or even when we're talking about it in general.
1: Right, so as you said, there's sort of different, different terms and different meanings to each person. But when we're looking at the bigger picture, I, def- I tend to refer to it as having enough and that could be assets or income streams to support your needs or your lifestyle for the rest of your life. At that point in time, or if there was a short time period for whatever reason. So basically, having enough assets to meet your needs, and then beyond that, we can get into different categories. Is is it the rest of your life? Is it retirement? And is it is also a little bit, as you just mentioned, Amy, in the life you're in right now. Financial independence might also mean something a little bit, little bit different, where you feel independent, like you're comfortable in your job, you're able to save, you're able to do a little bit extra. But overall, having enough to supply an income stream to meet your needs.
0: Mm-hmm and i think it's important to dig into that just a little bit more right so i think because we've heard a lot about the fire movement for those of you that don't understand or don't exactly know what that stands for it stands financially independent retire early that in and of itself can have different definitions too and we're going to dig into that a little bit more in the in some of the future conversations but the <laughs> one thing that i always say is like retire early changes as you age Yes, <laughs> it does. Like I think 60 is pretty early, but some people think 40 is the time frame, you know. So I think it's important to understand what that means to you in and of itself, too, right? So but there's been a lot of talk in the news about that. And I, I think it's important. I think it's important to talk about the different stages of of that. So thinking about financial independence for somebody who's in their twenties if we were to have a conversation with them, what would be some of the things that you might, and you know, if they came to you and said, I would like financial independence, what would be some of the things that you would say to a 20-year-old?
1: First, I would start off by asking if they are independently supporting themselves at this point in time. And to that, I mean, are your parents still paying for some of your bills? Because we do see that quite a bit. And if you're not able to just on your own support your own you know, lifestyle and bills and expenses, you're going to have a hard time making headway at that point in time. So step one would be to get yourself independent. There's a different definition of financially independent. No one else is supporting you Mm -hmm. at that point in time. And then beyond that, to start looking deeper into the things of, are you living, I I think defining long-term objective for them, for this individual, is it going to be to retire early or is it going to be to comfortably save, meet goals and live a lifestyle that's meaningful to them, hitting those goals? It could be things like travel or, you know, self-improvement, what I kind of refer to as extracurricular activities, bands or music or art, whatever that might be that they're exploring. Are they able to sustain that lifestyle and ideally save a little bit too as they're going?
0: Yeah, I think what you just said is it's... Because I've heard people say, well, I'd rather, like... I'd rather just save, 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 like crazy so that I can retire early. But we always caution people on that, right? Because there's a, there's a balance in life and we never know what's going to happen.
1: So the uh, crash and burn effect sometimes.
0: (laughs) That makes sense. Yes. So if somebody came to you and said, you know, what's the math behind me being able to, so they're in their twenties and they want to retire by the time they're 35.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. What's the math behind that? Do you find that they are willing to actually live that way? So it's like living like a college student kind of on a higher paycheck, right? Sometimes.
1: <laughs> the, yeah, the ever it depends. And when we typically look at this and we say, all right, if your goal is to retire at X date, this is what you need to do. And also means this is what you can't afford to do right now versus looking at other strategies that maybe it's a like phase into retirement. um some people do. Some people say, I don't need a lot. I'm con- perfectly content. And others start looking at it like, you know what, I'm not going to be able to be happy to sustain that. Mm-hmm. And also getting the conversation of what would you do at that point in time? So for example, like this actually a situation I worked with, someone that really was aiming to be able to not work by age 45. And so my question was, well, what would you do with your time and they didn't know, and it started them questioning what would we do with their time mm-hmm. and questioning how much resources they would need because their current lifestyle, they actually realize they may spend more money if they're not working full-time at that age. Hmm. and really a contentment factor we, is we get into with retirees we talked about last month hmm. and I the what I've been sensing and maybe it's our culture and especially in the United States, and work culture, and I think COVID really showed a lot about transitioning to home and how many hours were, we're being worked and things like that. <laughs> I think it's, yeah, I think it's more the ability if I'm not happy to make a change in my life. That is a freedom in its own sense that if I had to take a lower paying job or work less mm-hmm. hours, I could. Yeah. But into the math, again, it's going to go into really determining what that lifestyle would look like, how much you would need, and then getting into our little deeper financial planning type of situations mm-hmm. of savings rate, growth rates, and then with yeah. over time.
0: And, and so how would that be different if somebody was in their 30s?
1: Yeah, absolutely. If they're in their 30s, we're pushing out a little bit. And number one, there's the, the time factor we didn't talk about before. Saving earlier does give you additional time, too. So if you save early, you could back off. Sometimes the people in their 30s are playing a little bit of catch up mm-hmm. where they haven't saved and they're now really worried about will I sometimes it's the question of will I ever be able to retire? Not necessarily. I want to retire early. Can I retire? And what do I need to do at that point in time? And the conversation shifts a little bit into what steps need to be taken, what changes would you need to take to be able to reach that goal by a specific age? And it comes down to generally either deciding to stop working longer or later in life or to increase earnings, increase savings, making a decision and really deciding what your priority is at that point and where you want to put your time and effort into making that happen. On the flip side, a lot of clients that this is the, a lot of ages that kind of come to me versus Amy and I find that sometimes our own, we're not that far apart in age, but we just have a little, a little gap generationally with clients that come to us. Sometimes it's the flip side where they've done all the right things and they're still scared. Will I ever be able to do this? And we look at the numbers and we run the math and they could, and we give them the surprising news that you actually could choose to retire and be quote, financially independent. At a much earlier age than you thought, and at that point, it gives them a little bit of relief to then start making those decisions of, okay, do I want to work a bit earlier? Do I want to work a little bit later? As you said, the longer you work, sometimes you find a different sense of contentment or what you really want to be doing with your life.
0: <laughs> and then, so so let's say that you you know you realize because I think a piece of that too is, at least in my experience in working with clients and probably yours as well, I think a piece of that is also like, well, maybe you want to work. Really like in the job that you're in right now and do the things that you're doing, but then at age, so and so, you may want to do something different. Mm-hmm. Like, so is that you know? Would you consider like what would be your I would I call encore career? Right. So I think it's some of that as well to to take into consideration. Like it's it's that's not a, it does it's not always an all or nothing thing. Like
1: it's absolutely, it's, thing. it's not. And I think that's that to me personally, that's a little bit of what the freedom means to me. Freedom doesn't mean that I don't maybe ever have to work or do things, but it's that I have choices. At that point in time, I'm not as, maybe that feeling of push into a corner that I, I have to bring in a specific, as high of an amount or work as many hours. It's that I could scale back or pivot or just do something different that I really would enjoy and still be able to to keep my plan on track.
0: Well, the interesting thing about that, and I've always told this to you guys, right? That I've said, I love what I do. I don't, you know, I don't have any intention of retiring right now, but mm-hmm. at some point in time, I'm going to want to pull back a little bit, right? There's going to be a point in time where I think the team is going to want to kind of take over running the company. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, at that point in time, it, it they may want they may want me to be involved, you know, for a transition, or they may want to just sort of say, go have fun and do what you want to do next. And I think that's the big piece of it. Like, that's the question that I always ask people what is next for you? Like, I'm not saying you have to have like a another job or even another career or anything like that, but I I do think you have to have a like. What are your hobbies? What do you you know? What do you want to do to to bide your time? Because you know most people don't want to just curl up on the porch and you know sit in a rocking chair all day.
1: So <laughs> what? Do, so what are the next steps look like and why, yeah. You know, what would fill your days and your hours? And like you said, it, it might be a passion. It might be a nonprofit thing or it could be a second career.
0: Yeah. And, and a lot of people will say travel, like I'll travel more. And that that's great. Like, I totally get that because I, I love that concept of it, too. But there's also so much, only so much travel that I can actually do. So well, what will I do when I'm not traveling is that other question. So that's kind of in your in your 30s. And I would say even into your 40s, it's the same same sort of thing, except I think in your forties, you start to transition to like oh wait i'm kind of I'm kind of in the middle here, like I've had you know almost especially mid forties I've had twenty years into my career at this point in time. well what would be the next thing <laughs> and and how do I no seriously, like how do I start to think about truly think about retirement, and that's usually when we that's last month's kind of conversation about competing goals, you know, what, what are some of the things, I think it it goes true to what you said before. Like people are like, can I retire? When can I retire? Like, are you seeing any differences for people in their forties at all? I, the one
1: thing I would say I see different is like you've mentioned, you've had a, you've got a little more experience on you. You've had more time to think about life and competing priorities are always something we're encountering with clients but at this age especially if they have friend we find that now maybe their mindset has shifted into what might you like to be doing with your time and money and maybe you might have to pay for things like college right something that comes up and that can all of a sudden change your whole perspective on you know what does it look like to Again, if we talk about retirement, retire early or later, do we want to support them through college? Do we want them to pay? And the question, I, I just had this again last week was, they are coming for some analysis now that like, we think we've done a lot of really good things, but we want to help with college, but not at our own detriment to like our retirement and our financial security was the word that they used. So those types of questions, I think also looking at, we see a lot of people debating housing situation. Am I content where I'm at? Is this the time in my life that I make those types of decisions about relocating and also could be supporting a parent's that situation comes onto our classic sandwich generation. So mm-hmm. I do feel in like mid 40, especially mid to Late forties and the early fifties, these different type of competing priorities, and again that mentality switching to really being ready to think about what are the next steps for me, and do I want to do that sooner, or am I really content with what I'm doing and do it later, and it might allow me to make some different changes to what's happening in my life right now.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then we get to people in their fifties. <laughs> now it's real for a lot of them. You know, I will say that having turned fifty this year, and, and I'll also back up and say that. When rent turned 50, which was a few years ago, there's a different level of interest in your finances. <laughs>
1: yes. I also think it's a little more real when we're when you know like when we run projections with clients, which are these charts showing what your money might look like. I typically say, you know, you still got a lot of life ahead of you. Time for things that happen. At that point, I think numbers start to become very real as you're facing down needing to rely on that the pool of assets or income stream or just as things are changing in your life. Yeah
0: yeah i I think too. Then it becomes like and I you know, like this market correction that we're in right now, things like that become I think more concerning to people at the stage of the game. I still think of them as very large buying opportunities, mm-hmm. significantly large buying opportunities that it, it it does if you think about the typical cycle, like a a recession is typically what twelve to eighteen months a a market correction average these are average numbers is down about five it takes about five to six months for the actual decline mm-hmm. average decline is around 14 and percent so if you think about this particular market cycle it's actually exceeded that a little bit and timing wise i'm not sure if it's going to be i think it's going to be a little outside that five to six months range but you know I, I, who knows what i think when we start to hear earnings news that will come out more but then then thinking about you know you kind of plot along for a few months in the middle with the market Sort of figuring out you know is it is the economy stabilizing is it are things are the p e ratios are the valuations cheap? you know should they start buying and and then the average recovery is once it starts to recover, like say at the at the very trough of any pullback is only four months. Mm-hmm. so thinking about that time frame, if i'm you know within a year of retirement, it gets scary to think, oh gosh, you know this market is down. Is it actually going to recover? And I've, I've had a few people say, is it going to recover in my lifetime? And I've said, well, based on historical factors, yes, because the longest recovery really was the 2008 economic recession and, and market pullback that took until 2011 to actually fully recover. But that's that's the outlier. Like that's not the normal. Right. So I think it becomes, you know, more like financial independence becomes more dependent upon your savings than on your earnings at that point in time.
1: Right. I think that, right. right. It does at that point in time. And I at that point, too, you start thinking a little bit more about maybe structuring, too, of of how your assets are structured to give you security if the market yeah, lines or some cash you don't have to access. Yeah, Um, those assets. And I think your word before it it is scary, even in a normal market, it's still scary for people to start to have to actually draw on assets and more so when we're dealing with an environment like we are today.
0: Yeah. And then I think, you know, moving into what I affectionately call the go-go years of retirement. (laughs) So for those that haven't heard this from me before, which probably most people have, they have listened to this for a while. The go-go years are the early years of retirement. And then the middle years of retirement are what I call the slow go years. And then the later years of retirement are what I call the no go years. So the go go years are like, hey, I'm free. I'm going to do what I want to do. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be very active. I'm probably going to travel more. I'm probably going to, you know, experience more. I don't have any constraints. If I do, they're self imposed, you know, that sort of thing. Thinking about those years and the financial independence changes. Because then it is dependent upon mostly your assets, not so much your income stream or what are your assets generating for you and income and the longevity of those assets. That's the change of it, right? So it's financial independence as do I have enough given certain market conditions, giving disabilities that could happen, giving care needs and could be mentally mental care needs or physical care needs or my partner's care needs, like all of those things that sort of changes. And and that's like in any of those age ranges that we just talked about, I think it's important to think about what are some of the things that people can do to explore what it means to them to become financially independent?
1: Yeah, I I think you need to spend a little bit of time thinking about really, what does that definition mean to you? Because as we mentioned before, it's very different, really based on your perspective. It it could mean, again, that fire mentality that I'm going to not, I'm going to live off very little and save a lot and not have to work later. It could mean being able to support yourself. There's some different terms there. So spending a little bit of time thinking about to you, what what does it mean? What do you want your lifestyle to look like now? Is it important to you to be able to retire early or is it important to you to be able to just have choices at some point where you can tend to maybe work a little bit longer if you have the ability now to do the things you love? So having some maybe a date with yourself to think through those ideas and really what that means to you and what's most important to you. Yeah.
0: And I love that what you just said, Kate, because that's me like I would rather and I'm not saying everybody else should be that way. I'm just saying like that's me. I'd rather work a little bit longer and experience like do some exploration right now then then wait. I mean, that is the whole reason I go to Florida every single year, right? is that yes. <laughs> that it was my goal like I, because i'd rather I'd rather have the payment for the place in Florida and experience that for the next how many ever years than work shorter. And then have the place in Florida. So uh, for me, that's, I mean, that's clear in the actions that I'm taking that I would rather work just a little bit longer to be able to to have that in my life right now, where other people would just never feel comfortable doing that, right? They, they'd rather wait or they just, they wouldn't feel like they would, that would, that doesn't bring them peace. It actually brings them stress. So right. I, I think that that's a great, great point that you brought, yeah. brought up. Are there any, okay, so this is so totally self-promoting and I know that, but it's true too. Like I'm going to say, is there anything that you would recommend if people were trying to help you know, open their minds and, and explore financial independence?
1: Yes, totally self-promoting, but seek out a financial planner. and someone that does what we like to call maybe more the comprehensive holistic overview of your plan to bring all the pieces together, and really help you understand. Talking through, like, what are those living expenses going to look like? What is what's the kind of lifestyle you want to be able to support? What do you have now? And then run those calculations that take into account savings rates and growth factors and time value of money, withdrawal rates, all those fun nerdy words we can get into. But putting it together for you in a meaningful and visual way to understand where you're at. You know, maybe your father had than you ever thought you were, which we do find sometimes. Or maybe you're a little behind, but it gives you some more concrete numbers and specific strategies that you can go after. Mm-hmm.
0: So I think, you know, if people are listening to this podcast, number one, you know, one tip they can take away is to sit down and like, I'm a big journaler, right? So I think explore what does financial independence mean to you? And then secondly, maybe ask, like, why would you seek financial guidance from a financial planner to help you seek the your financial independence? And then I think maybe a third tip that I would, I would just like to sort of have people consider is being open to alternative strategies Mm -hmm. so even if you've what does financial independence mean to you how can a financial planner help you get there but what are the strategies that what are the tweaks that can be made to your plan that would be like middle ground
1: yeah, I really love that to be flexible and uh, maybe flexible and fluid and watching what can change in your life.
0: Yeah, I think what what is what do they say about negotiations? Like a good negotiation is where nobody walks away completely happy or something, yeah. <laughs> but both sides can live with the decision. And I think I think when we th- when we talk about our finances and even financial independence, like if we can come to if the answer is, no, you can't retire at age 45, but what if the answer is you could partially retire at age 45, you could do the things that you wanted to do, but you're going to have to work somehow or, or get this much income somehow. Could you do that? And what could you do? Like, what are some of the things that you could actually do? Knowing that like if let's say you're in your 30s and you're talking about that or, or you're in your 50s and you're talking about that kind of thing. If, if there is something that you could do, let's start staging that. Like don't wait until that magic age that you've picked. Let's start staging it. Let's start getting some education around that particular item or start doing something that will lead you to that path that you said, what will you do?
1: Mm-hmm. I love that. yeah, the hardest step is the first step every time. So wow. a, a baby step in the right direction will you know probably give you momentum to get towards that goal.
0: Well, I think we've probably talked everybody's everybody's ear has been talked off at this point in time about the the definition and some ideas around financial independence. Any other tips or ideas or suggestions that you would give to the listeners,
1: Kate? I, I just think the walk away would be, like you said, spending some time maybe with your journal thinking about, What does that look like to you? Maybe it's big picture. Maybe it's specific dollar numbers, depending on how your brain works and reaching out to take that first step to action.
0: Yeah. Well, we hope you've enjoyed this podcast as always. We hope that you can share it with friends and you are able to go out on iTunes and rate us and like us. And like I said, share it. We're also available on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. If you have any questions or topics that you'd love to hear about, feel free to drop us a line, either asking for a friend or in the show note, or excuse me, in the podcast uh, chat feature that exists. We'd love to hear what you want to hear about. That's why we do these podcasts. So certainly, feel free to let us know what's of interest to you. Thank you everyone for listening, and we hope you have a great
1: day. And that will about do it for today's episode of Wine and Dime.